0: In this episode of the Church Security Roll Call, we're going to be discussing equipping your safety ministry. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris with Sheepdog Church Security, and this is your Church Security Roll Call. Today we're going to be discussing the article, Gearing Up for Safety. If you'd like to read that article, go to our website, sheepdogchurchsecurity.net, and look under the News tab. So let's begin in the Bible as we always do. This one is 1 Chronicles 12, verse 33, and it reads like this. Of Zebulun, there were 50,000 who went out to battle, expert in war with all the weapons of war, stout-hearted men who could keep ranks. Great verse for us today because what I'm focusing on and what we're focusing on is those weapons of war. Now, typically, when that phrase is used, we're talking about you know, in this time, you know, who knows, catapults, swords, slings, who knows. But there's more to that, you know. As somebody who used to be a logistics officer for the army, is it's more than just the it's more than just the guns and the bullets. It's also about um, food, chow. It's it's about uh, you know, warm weather, you know, or, you know, cold weather gear. It's about so many other things that soldiers have to have to be prepared to do the, the job, to succeed in the mission. So let's get in some news articles. Um, the first one is Fairfield, California, October 22nd through the 24th, 2018. About 3 a.m., a thief enter, entered the church parking lot on a bicycle. He tried to grab one security camera, but couldn't get it. Then he went to the others, pulling three of them down. The entire incident was captured on video and um, before the cameras went blank. <clears throat> uh, the gates were unlocked, and the pastor, after this, said they're going to start locking their gates. All right, next one. Morris County, New Jersey, November 26th through the 17th. A man was arrested on Sunday for breaking windows at four churches in the city of Morristown. Um, on a Saturday night. He was identified from surveillance camera footage and outside lighting for each of the churches. So they had good lighting out there so the cameras were more effective. Next thing, medical equipment. All right. Hillard, Ohio, undated. United Methodist Church of Hillard is offering the use uh, um, to use offering the use of used medical equipment such as crutch, crutches and a wheelchair and other items that other people in their community might need. Uh, Blue Springs, Kansas, February 2014. A retired minister had a heart attack while preaching. A nurse in the congregation attached the AAD, which advised her to push harder, and then advised uh, for a shock, which she did. Um, EMTs arrived and took the pastor to the hospital where he received a pacemaker. Uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, October 27, 2018. An actor shooter wounded several persons in a synagogue during Sabbath services, killing 11. Volunteers and police saved lives by using tourniquets. Many citizens um, and emergency responders in in the Pittsburgh area received Stop the Bleed training in how to use tourniquets. Um, That kept the death toll um, from being higher. In fact, by reading that story, it's probably two lives that they saved. And I'm sure that makes all the difference to them and their families. All right, next one, evacuation cribs. Uh, Nashville, Tennessee, April 6, 2011. The Southern Baptist Convention, through the Baptist Press, notified the SBC churches and institutions of a revision of safety rules by the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission The items of concern were cribs used by nurseries and churches and daycare facilities. They need to be made uh, with sturdy materials. Um, The drop sides need to be redesigned to prevent injuries to infants and younger toddlers. Um, And note that this change happened 11 years ago. So, um, you know, all of us, and I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but... Evacuation cribs, proper evacuation cribs, are essential for our nurseries. All right. Columbia, South Carolina, March 28, 2017. A child care licensing expert from the South Carolina Program of Infant-Toddler Care answered a question about using evacuation cribs for sleeping infants. The expert said that according to the Chief of Fire and Life Safety and in the South Carolina Department of Social Services, evacuation cribs can, in fact, be used as regular cribs. Of course, great. Um, this means that the church nursery does not need to keep evacuation cribs separate, but include them among those being um, being used regularly. This is a good thing for us, because what this means is this, and I'm, like I said, I'm kind of getting off script here a little bit, but evacuation cribs are extremely important, especially if the number of kids in there outnumbers the, the number of adults. So let's think through this a little bit. One adult, theoretically, could grab two kids and evacuate with them, right? As soon as each adult, or one adult even, has to have carry three kids out, I mean, how do you do that? It's very difficult. If you have evacuation cribs, and evacuation cribs, for the most part, They're made extremely sturdy, and probably the most visual thing that you'll notice is the size of their tires are not those little two-inch tires that you'll see on some cribs, or no tires at all that you'll see on cribs. It has larger tires, and that helps it move over terrain and thresholds and other things that might be in the way. And they can, as we just discussed, they can be used as a regular crib. So there's two ways of doing this if you need to replace cribs. I mean, really, just go to your nursery, count the number of heads, verify how many kids are typically in there, or at least and and also ask, what's the max number? Like at what point, you know, what's their high point? <clears throat> and then look at their cribs. I'm sure they have cribs. And then see about replacing them. You have one evacuation crib, you know, you're going to be able to stick You know, depending on the size of it, you know, three, four, five kids in there if you need to. Maybe more. And then with that evacuation crib, um, you can get them out. What's nice about it is this is just replace your old cribs with these. Or at least, you know, as you're replacing cribs, you can, you know, just do one at a time until they're all evacuation cribs or you have enough evacuation cribs to handle the room, they they do tend to be a little bit more expensive, um, but that's one way you can do it. Or just do the counting, find out how many cribs you need, buy the new cribs, you know, and and uh, be good to go. But other than that, uh, before I continue, I just take a moment. Please share this video with other people. We're going to be talking a lot about equipment and the things that we need, not only as the church, you know, the facility. Uh, and the rest of the safety ministry and the safety team. So please share it. All right, so the first thing I want to talk to you about is the difference, kind of a pitfall when it comes to equipment. One of the things about buying equipment and buying a lot of equipment is that um, on the one hand, it can make us feel very prepared for things. But if we only buy the equipment but we don't train with it, then we're kind of deceiving ourselves. you know. So a good example is this, the AED that we talked about in that other news story. If you get an AED, but no one's been trained to use it, and in particular, that model of AED, what's gonna happen is they're really gonna fumble around through it. So here in Belle Plaine, where I was a police officer, this is where I finished my law enforcement career, Um, one of the things is here, because we're kind of rural, is police were sent to all medicals. And the point of that was this, is we could arrive depending on the ambulance or where they were coming from. We have one here in town, but sometimes they're already on a call or it's late at night. And there's this, there can be a very large delay for the ambulance to show up. So police were dispatched all these things. And when we would get there, our, our whole job was to keep them alive until the medic, the paramedic got there. But the other thing that we would do is we would provide as much help as we could to the paramedic once they arrived. Often what that meant was getting equipment from the ambulance. So one of the things that we would have to get oftentimes, sometimes the gurney, they would bring it up to a certain point, but we'd have to take it the rest of the way in. Or it was also like stair chairs and things like that. Well, there's two things that I learned. Number one is gurneys change and they're different. And sometimes when you're trying to operate a gurney, you know, some of them are electronic and have levers and switches. It was like I'm always fumbling around with these things the first time around. Same thing with the stair chairs. The stair chairs, it's like, oh, this one, you know, you gotta put your foot on this release and it'll fold out and you're good to go. And then there's another kind where it was like, oh, you know, once it folds out, you gotta make sure that you flip this switch to lock it in place. And my point is, I was constantly fumbling with equipment because I'd never played with it before. i never trained with it before. Um, the other thing is, is they would set up their, you know, if there's basically two ambulance services that cover this area, <clears throat> and how they pack out their rigs, the ambulance, is different. And so I was always like, okay, where, where do you keep this? And you want me to go get that? Where is it? And... You know, basically what comes down to is this. If you don't train with the equipment, even though you have it and you have access, you're going to fumble around with it. And in my case, you know, this takes a minute or two. Well, what if a minute or two is the difference between life and death? And so if you're going to buy equipment, that's great. Get it. But then have a real plan for training with it. I think that makes sense to all of us. All right. Let's talk about some of the equipment you might consider for the church. Let's start there. Surveillance cameras. All right, so back in the day, and even now to some extent, camera systems professionally installed are extremely, or can be extremely expensive. Um, But there's a lot of other ones that have come on since then that are less expensive. And so just realize that if you want to have security cameras at your church, on your church property, it's a great idea, and don't go with the first bid. Because some people kind of take advantage of it. My my parents, um, they have an alarm system for their home. Very good idea. But it's an old system <clears throat> um, from a, a company, well-established company, and they're paying over $100 I think, over $100 per month for this security system. And I'm just like, are you out of your mind? You know, I have a ring system at my house, and I think I pay $15 a month for monitoring. Now, I had to install it, but it wasn't hard. It's totally easy to do. And it's only $15 a month after you buy the equipment, install it yourself, $15 a month. Meanwhile, my mom's paying... Over $100 a month. And so just realize that's the exact same thing that's happening with security cameras is that there there are companies out there that are still going to gouge you and they're going to take all the money you're willing to pay. Um, But there's other places out there. There's other solutions that you can employ that are going to save you a lot of money. All right, so that's surveillance cameras that kind of also talked about alarm systems there. Outdoor lighting, you know, adding lighting to the, out, to the outside of the building is extremely important. Like in that one story, it was not only the cameras that were there, but also they had decent lighting. A lot of times, especially now, the big push is on LED lights, extremely good, and you want a true white light. And the reason that's important is, that is it renders colors properly. And so a lot of these old ones, you know, the halogen types, they get gas lights. There are all kinds of different lighting systems out there. Um, LEDs not only are way cheaper to, you know, to operate and keep on, you know, electric bill, but if you do with the the white light, true white light, you're going to render true colors, and that's important when you're like, well, he's wearing a dark colored shirt, but then you have true white light, then you're gonna say, oh, it was a red shirt. It was a purple shirt, as opposed to just a dark shirt. All right, next thing, um, doors resisted to force entry. Obviously, this is proper doors. This is proper locking mechanisms. Evacuation cribs, like Vare beat that horse. Um, Other items, don't forget about um, fire extinguishers, fire alarm, sprinkler systems emergency lights, and emergency exit lights, all of these are things that we need to be checking. You know, if you do an annual check, and that's what I'm encouraging here, you're going through, you're looking at everything that you have, and making sure it's working, it's working properly, it's properly installed, ready to go, and then what might you grow on? If your church doesn't have an alarm system, start there. And then once you have that alarm system, let's back that up with security cameras. And let's get those installed. Now it's all about money, so you know this is something you have to work out with the church. <clears throat> all right, for the safety ministry itself, you know, obviously communication tools. The one that's kind of listed here is having that all-hazard uh, radio alert radio. This is um, something that you can, they've really come a long way. You can program them so you'll only get alerts for your in particular area. Um, which I think is important because too many false alerts, you start to turn it off, you tune it out. But if you have that programmed and programmed, if that goes off for your, they call it SAME technology, S-A-M-E, it's an acronym, and don't ask me what it means right now. Um, But it really narrows down. So that way you're not getting alerts for, you're only getting alerts that affect your in particular area, and that's extremely important. All right, the other thing is medical equipment. We're talking everything from medical cabinets, right, installed in the kitchen, installed in the office, installed in the children's area. The one in the children's area should be mounted high enough so kids can't reach it, Um, but adults can to get things out. And um, also maybe a first aid kit at the Welcome Center if you have one because people will come there and say, you know, I got a boo-boo you will be like, oh, no problem. Let me give you a Band-Aid or, you know, let me give you some Tylenol or whatever it is. Next thing is uh, equipping team members. Now, this is where it gets a lot more complex depending on how you run your team. So the first thing is this, is I believe in having two types of safety team members. I like the ones that are in plain clothes and are not marked. And I like ones that are marked, you know, maybe wearing a black Polo, you know, so here's my shirt. You know, imagine just how your church might work it. So you have your church's logo here, and then you have maybe safety ministry below that. I like that. Um, It lets people know that you're someone that they can approach with any problems or concerns. Um, But at the same time, I also understand why it's important to have plainclothes people um, at the same time. But those plainclothes people should be able to identify themselves as safety team members. So think about this in terms of war or even terms of professional sports or amateur sports, right? We're all wearing a similar uniform so we can easily and quickly identify each other during a crisis. Who's gonna be there to help me? Who's not a threat? That's important. So kind of think about that, items to wear. Next thing is walking shoes or boots, or you know, appropriate footwear. This is probably not the best time to have dress shoes. Um, for police officers, they do sell um, dressier shoes. They're not your high-end wingtip or whatever expensive shoes, but they're still professional looking. They look good, but they tend to have a little bit more traction on the bottom. They're a little bit more appropriate in the wintertime, something warmer. Um, jackets, things to that effect. You also have to think about that rain gear, all that kind of stuff. This is things that need to be at least available to your safety team members because if I had to run out into the parking lot to provide first aid to somebody who tripped on the ice, I I need to be able to be comfortable myself within a reasonable level. Um, All right, next thing, personal wear. Flashlights, obviously, I like tactical lights, I like small lights, I like lights that are plenty of looms, that's the power of the light, I like rechargeable, but we need to have flashlights. Next thing, two-way radios with a headpiece or a, you know an earpiece, very important, communication, obvious. Pepper, sp- pepper spray, if it's legal in your state, in your jurisdiction, carry pepper spray, you're going to need that probably 100 times to one for needing your gun. So make sure you have pepper spray if it's legal or some other less lethal um, force level. I like pepper spray. I've said this a lot, is you can engage more than one target. If you miss, you can try again. They're just great. They're just great tool. Um, something you to take notes with. And then camera, and for a lot of us, that means that means your cell phone. And to take pictures of violations or take pictures of things that need to be fixed or corrected. Next thing for the team members is this. Is I think if, if I had to boil it down, so I'm boiling it down to the absolute minimum here. And I did pass firearms. Um, let me back up a little bit. So the only people that can that should carry firearms in my humble opinion, is they're legally doing so, right? Second, they're training with it and they've demonstrated proficiency with that weapon. And, um, and they're in the right mindset to carry it. You know, I've had team members that said, I don't want a gun, I'll never carry a gun. And you know what I said to them? Awesome, you know you better than I do. And if you know that carrying a gun is not right for you, I don't want you to carry a gun, that's fine. Um, So they have to have the right mindset. They're willing to carry, they're legal to carry, they're trained to be able to um, be proficient with that weapon. So moving on from there, let's get into medical response. Once again, this is minimum standard. You should have medical gloves. Medical gloves are gonna protect the safety team members from any person they're helping. They're going to be used as you're responding to a medical situation, even if you're just gonna touch their forehead to see how hot they are, or maybe it's a little bit of compression or whatever. Um, Medical gloves not only protect you from all the different viruses and diseases that are out there, but it also creates um, a mental um, barrier. So a lot of times these situations have an ick factor. They're gross, and it's like, oh oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm gonna have to, you know, have blood or vomit or other body fluid on my hands. If you have the gloves, you just feel like you can do more. It, it, It really protects you. The next thing is minimum is a tourniquet. The thing with a tourniquet is this, is if you get a major artery clipped, broken, shot, stabbed, whatever, that person only has seconds. And so you can't wait for somebody to go run and get the medical bag and then run back. If you need a tourniquet, you need it now and you need to apply it now. The, the longer you wait, the higher risk they are at dying. And maybe even yourself. Imagine you're the person that has a major bleed on one of your limbs. You have to be able to save yourself as quickly as possible. You know, we're losing blood, and we're losing it fast. Or they're losing blood, and they're losing it fast. The sooner we can cut that off, the better. So there's my minimum. Medical gloves and a tourniquet. Minimum. If you can have more, pressure bandage, great. Uh, CPR mask, great, all that stuff. There's a lot of other things you can carry. Um, But yeah, at least gloves and tourniquet. So that's basically it. I'm really gonna encourage you to get the download. Um, It's got more details to it. It's a summary of all of this. I just ran through it very fast, and I kinda had to, right, because we had a lot of equipment to talk about. By all means, get that. Also, the other thing is this, is um, it's almost the new year. And uh, towards the middle end of January, we're starting our next quarter. And so this is a great time for you to jump on there and, and get your team registered. Get your safety teams registered. Get your church registered. Or at least jump in there on your own and get registered for this next quarter and it's going to really help you to we're going to talk we talk a lot about a lot of these things and much 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 more. So by all means, check that out. Once again, sheepdogsecurity.net. Look under the training drop down. And they have individual and training bundles. Training bundles are your team, individual is you. So check it out. Finally, if you like this video, please comment, like, share, all that good stuff. Let's have a discussion in the comment section. Let's learn from each other. So by all means, please do that. Other than that, thank you so much for being here this week. And hey, let's be careful out there. This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.